right. Well, welcome to Taking Up Your Time with Bobby Benavides. I am your host, Bobby Benavides, and I am excited for today's conversation with comedian John Huff out of uh, Ohio. He um, he travels, does a lot of other stuff, but he you're going to hear about it in the conversation. But he has a great, great mind for comedy. He's been doing it for quite some time. He produces his own shows through Next Step Productions. Uh, funny, funny, funny guy. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward for you to have or hear this conversation. Um, so the tour dates still happening right now. Uh, BobbyBComedy.com. Go on there. You can get more information on the tour. Uh, coming in clean with Rev T Mac and several other co- comedians joining the way. My friend Dan Desmond's gonna be on there with me. Um, with us, we have Trini Sigler will be on there with us. Uh, Jim Bob Williams will be on there. Um, and a couple others will be joining along the way. And of course, October 27th is the big one, uh, closing out this, the tour at uh, the uh, Tri City Tri City Opera House, Twin City. I always say Tri City, Twin City Opera House in McConnellsville, Ohio. Uh, it is going to be a great, great time there as we close out the tour. It's we want to pack that place out, 550 seats. Let's load it up, guys. Let's load it up. All right. Um, so with that, um, here we go. John Huff coming at you. All right, John. Hey, man, it's good to have you on with me. You, man, I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. So uh, now you're, you're, I mean, your comedy scene, um, pretty much, you know, Ohio area, right? Yeah, I do. Uh, mine in Ohio area. I do a little bit of uh, PA too, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Those are like the main two areas I do, though. Awesome. Now, so how long have you been going? How long have you been going at this? I've been doing stand up now uh, 11 years now. Jeez, 11 years. So old, you, uh, <laughs> 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 well, I see, like, for me, like, I feel like I got in late at the game, you know what I mean? Like, I started, um, so I'm, I'm 40, 41 now. Yeah, 41. I'm doing quick math in my head. Um, and I started maybe six years ago. So it's like, I feel like I kind of got started late in the game. But of course, you know, like, Early, I, I shared early on my podcast, like in one of the first episodes, I talked about how stand up was like my my dream. Like I always wanted to do it since like middle school, but I just never took the step. And then got an opportunity, and now here I am. So what what drew, what drew you into stand up? Uh, man, I've been a fan of stand up since I was uh, since I was a kid, man. Since I was probably like three, four, five years old. I think uh, I've always had an ear for it, so. Uh, you know, you watch something so much and then you love it so much. And then it comes to the point in your life where it's like, okay, man, maybe I should try this. But I had like little, I was, I was supposed to start, I remember I started in 2012, but I didn't really, I was originally supposed to start in 2010, but a lot of things kept holding me back too, like just fear and work kept getting in the way and everything. And you you know how that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I've, my main influences honestly came from, uh, I'll say Martin Lawrence, uh, Richard Pryor, Red Fox. Yeah, man. You know, like, all the, you know, like all the old school comedians, man. 
I wasn't even yeah. allowed to like watch some of that stuff when I was little, but I used to sneak <laughs> and watch it anyway because I because I loved it so much. <laughs> that's how it always works, right? I mean, that's how that's how we all discover the people we like. I used to love watching, um, like I used to love watching Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, uh, Raw. Um, that was a gosh, that was a, that was a good one. Um, yeah, dude. And I, but I remember watching that when I was like, I think, gosh, I was probably nine, <laughs> better ten when that came out. Like, and I was watching that. And I was like, dude, it was it was good. And I'm watching it with like, you know, in, in my dad's room. Um, but gr- you know, growing up in so I grew up in Southern California, you know, so it's like I'm I'm like around like all those like uh, there's a large influence of comedy around me. So like I was always watching like uh, Sam Kennison. Um, he was know, good. Oh, dude, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, he was good, but he had like that unique style, you know, like always just yelling and screaming at people. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was but it was great though at the same time. Like, um, but then of course you watch like and then Andrew Dice Clay. Love watching Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, oh, he's a good one too. I like Dice yeah. Clay too. Yeah, but then of course you have Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, those guys that were just like the, those were the comedy gods that you were watching and like learning from. Um, yeah. My uh, those are like my top two favorite of all times. Uh, yeah, uh, Richard Pryor is just like beyond like and uh, amazing. When I watch him, I love watching all his old stand-ups. My favorite one by him was uh, I would say live in concert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had so- like some. Uh, sorry, I mean, cut you off. Good. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, no, no, like he, uh, like the his his comedic style was so unique. You know, what I mean, like because it was it was watching him deliver his his material. It was just like it always just felt like it was just because you know how you can watch some comics and just feel like they're forcing it, you know. But for yeah. him, it was like he was just he was just having a conversation, but it was just like. Just con- constant punchline after punchline after punchline, just bringing that, and and it was always just incredible to watch. Yeah, him and uh, Eddie Murphy, they the same too. Like Eddie Murphy, he came in, he kind of, they were kind of the same, but Eddie Murphy kind of like changed the game a little bit. Like, um, and he, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I think uh, Eddie had like a bigger impact when it came to, like I just think partly because he was a. Uh, I ain't saying he was a better comedian, but I just think he had that uh, that popularity. And, uh, yeah, well, well I, I mean, because a lot of people admired him more too, more than prior. Yeah, I think he had that celebrity. Well, I think he just had that. Um, Eddie Murphy seemed to have that uh, that camera quality to him. Yeah, that too. I think he people can like, draw yeah, to he that just more than like a. Star like rock star presence to him too. I think I mean, that's why I think more people probably drew more to him once Eddie came out. Yeah. Well, even with Richard, like with um, he had the you know a lot of movies that he came out and I think that kind of like he became more of a a movie star than you know because he was great on stand. I mean, he was. I mean, but then like before Eddie kicked off, you know, it was like Richard. Like he had his. You know um, the toy, uh, which is uh, Brewster's Millions. Um, you know, of course, the movies with Gene Wilder that he did. Um, oh, that was all funny. Had, oh my gosh! And he just had a great, great piece on that. So, okay, so so these guys were your your uh, influences, you know. So now for you, 
when you come out, like what, like what is your, like, um, I guess for you, what draws you to the mic now? Uh, money. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just <laughs> nah. I was gonna say, no. wait a second. Let's 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 talk about that because man, I don't have any. So let's let's. How does this work? So. Uh, I didn't mean to just say money. Nah, I just uh, I still have a passion. You know, I've been doing it now. You know, I told you eleven years. So you know, I still got a passion for it. Like it's definitely a journey. You know, like you know, stand up. It's got its bad and good perks, but. I love it so much and like, you know, producing a lot of shows, you know, that's like the toughest thing, especially when you're doing it by yourself. So, uh, you know, like you, I'm like, I, I like that's what I mentioned the money. Like I definitely, uh, I'm definitely to the point now where I like, I do want to get paid for some of these shows. Cause you know, with production, you do, like you investing in it, you know, you gotta, you gotta buy flyers, you gotta bring your equipment, you gotta, you gotta invest a lot of time and money into this stuff sometimes. So, but I never like, uh, you know, like most comedians, like I know now that's just starting, that's been doing a few years, they'll probably be saying, you know, I do it for the love. I do it for the love. You know, I still do it for the love too. <laughs> you know, I don't mind like getting somebody call me right now, especially like a personal friend like you or somebody that I'm cool with would say, come to uh, perform tonight. You know, like I don't have no money to pay you, but you're more than welcome to perform. And if, if I'm able to, man, I come for you in a minute. You know, it ain't it ain't always about the money to me. You know, it's about sometimes the passion. You know, and sharing my gift that God's blessed me with with other people. That's what it's about. Like to me, at the end of the day, with yeah. People. Like it ain't it ain't always about the money too. Like it just you know depends on who the people are and what the situation is. And so you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. Um, just a quick sidebar. You might hear some banging in the background. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but we have a construction going on in the house right now. We got, we got a crazy roof leak going on. So we got like hammers going everywhere. But um, yeah, so that's, you know, that's the tricky thing, right? Because people, it's interesting to me, like when people hear like the big name comics are getting like, I mean, we can talk about Matt Reif, you know, people like that who are like selling their tickets and they're like, they're like you know, making some big money off their tickets. But people don't realize, though, too, like comics like us, where we're like, we're, we don't have a, a team. You know what I mean? We don't have a we don't have a, a managing team, all these people who are working with us to help us get ourselves out there. So when we put ourselves, we put all of our work into advertising, promoting, all that stuff. And then they expect to come to our shows for like five dollars. And you're like, wait a second. You know, like, you just paid 80 something to 100 something for go see to go see that guy, you know, like. And, you know, and I'm not saying, I mean, granted, like, I'm, I'm, I, like, I know you're funny. I, I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that's like, uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm like, I know I'm not Matt Rife funny, but at least I know that I'm funny enough to be worth more than $5 a ticket. Um, <laughs> but, but, it, but it's, but it's challenging, right? Cause you gotta, cause like you said, you're putting all of your resources into getting your, um, your posters made, you're getting your advertising out there. And so what is, what has been the most difficult thing of producing your own shows? I would say just, uh, I would say everything in general, like, uh, it's mainly like just all the running around that you do, like it just, it mentally and physically drains you a little bit. And then by the time I get on stage, I'd be like, my mind be so gone. Like, it ain't just that too. I got to like, and it didn't always feel like while I'm hosting too, like, like, I feel like I'm being rushed too. Like I got to hurry up. Cause it, you know, most of the shows always start late too. So yeah. 
like MC and producing is like very, very rough. And then it's hard to kind of remember my set sometimes because I'd be so uh I'd be so mentally drained. Sometimes I have to have a co-host go up and like do the first half of the show, then I'll do the second half. That's like sometimes that's probably the easiest thing to do. Right. But time I try to take on it myself, you know, and it seems like it's a mistake every time. But me, I like a challenge for some reason. Like I still like <laughs> I don't know why I still do it. Like it's I mean, sometimes I'm still able to still like physically going to do my set but sometimes it's just like man and then you got to bring in people you got to light people time people get the lineup together it's it's just so much i wanted so much like work and pressure all at one time yeah and, and that's the stuff that behind the scenes a lot of people don't aren't aware of right like if you're not in if you're not in the comedy scene and you just kind of go to enjoy watching a comedy comedy show like you're not aware of all those things that are going on in the background and like what and what people producing the shows and and lining up the shows everything that we have to go through and try to make sure that everything's working right and what sucks when like we're we're setting up a uh, open mics or things like that and we expect to have five six comics show up to kind of fill some time and then when they don't show up we have to take that burden on because you can't you know it's like you, you you're expected to give an hour and you can only put in so much because you don't have enough people showing up for the mic and you're like oh gosh you got to throw that all together. I mean, at least that's that's my experience. I don't know about you, but that's been my experience where I've had to like fill in extra time because we didn't have the people show up that were supposed to show up. How many uh, comps you usually book? Wait, say again? How many comps you usually book on your shows? Oh, gosh. Well, let's see. So in the open mics, I mean, like it's obviously just whatever, whoever can show up. But when I, but whenever I do um, like a, a couple shows that I've done so far, I'm really booking anywhere between four to five comics. Um, try to have, try to have it lined up. And then, you know, if I have to, um, and if I know that they're going to be there, then it's like, I can do a good 10, 15 minute set. But one time I, I booked a show and because I, there were several comics that just ended up not making it. I had to, I had to throw in a good 30 minute set, you know, and I already, I just got done doing, um, let's see, I think this is about eight months after my, my special came out in 2021. So I was like writing, I, you know, I was, I was still writing out new stuff. So I wasn't really full on ready for another 30 minute set just yet, but I had to throw in some stuff that was, that was new and just kind of hopefully it landed and, you know, some of it did, some of it didn't, but. So have you, uh, you mostly host or do you headline your shows? Um, I try to I try to mostly host, but sometimes I end up headlining because I don't have anybody who's who's headline like who wants to headline or feels comfortable headlining. Um, you know, because I mean, because like for you, like I'd love to have you come out, but to have you come in three four hours, you know, to headline, and it's just like you know, it's 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 difficult. You know what I mean? Especially in the in the middle of the week. But um, around here, it's like trying to find people who are willing to travel. Um, just a couple hours, you know, to to do a head to do a headlining set. It's a uh, it's difficult. Uh, I wouldn't mind coming down there. You're on, dude. I will get you I, after uh, after this tour is over for me. I'm going to start having more shows, and, and you are definitely going to be on my list. So don't worry about that. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I've been to West Virginia before. The only city I've done out there, I think, was uh, I did Weirton mm-hmm. a few times. Weirton is like an hour from me. Uh, yeah, what city are you in in West Virginia? Well, I'm in Elkins, um, but you know, I, I go up to we, there's mics up in Morgantown, and and um, and there's a mic tonight actually. I'm gonna be out in a, in a Bridgeport at a Stone Tower Brews, 
Um, so I'm excited about that one because that's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm working out some stuff still for my special. So I'm kind of using those mics to, to work those out. Um, I, I never mind driving. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Not Ohio. Yeah. Well, you're definitely, I'll definitely be having you on there. Cause I, cause I know, I know what you have and I, and I know this is the reason why I have had this, this show because I want people to learn about comments that may not be, you know, something you can stream on Netflix and in Amazon prime, but you can at least, uh, you know, hear them and be able to go onto YouTube and check them out, you know, or whatever, or if they're in the area, they can bring up to one of your shows and they're like, Oh yeah, this is, this would be good. So, but, um, so, so, so what's, what's some stuff now? So like with, with comedy that you're seeing in your area, comedy that you're seeing around, like, what are some things that you're seeing that are like, man, this is really good for comedy because comedy is booming right now. I mean, like, it's a, it's crazy to see the good things that are happening with comedy. Um, but there's also some stuff that's like happening that kind of, from what I'm, from what I'm gathering from a lot of other big comics is like, there's stuff that's rubbing them the wrong way. What are some things that you're seeing that are like good and things that are bad right now for comedy? Uh, I would say for the bad, I see a lot of comics now like falling out. Like I definitely like, you know, like 11 years in the business, I'm starting to see more. It's, it feels like I'm, I'm starting to see more of the negative side of it. Cause I see a lot of comics that's like jealous of other comics and comics is secretly hating on other comics. And then a lot of comics be mad because you know, like if you've been doing something like if you've been doing comedy for like 15 years and then you find out one comic only been doing it probably for like six years and he's and he blew up before you. Then I notice like that's that becomes like a error with some comics. And when I was first starting out, uh it always felt like it was like a beef between like the the older and the new comics, because the old comics, uh I don't know if you know about how it was back in those days, but Back in the day, like in like the eighties, you really had to put in work to like really be a comic. There wasn't like open stage time for nobody. You had to be like top of the line for it, or you wasn't getting on those showcases. You you'd have been doing open mics for like ten years. It yeah. was that rough. It was that rough in them days. Like you know, I've heard stories about Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy being rejected from clubs, even Bernie Mac being rejected from clubs. I'm like, them cats was like top of the line funny. I can't imagine them cats getting rejected. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I think it's like you know for the for how comedy is now. Like it's you see, it's like easier now to get stage time because I don't think nowadays people don't look for like skills. They look everybody just looking just to get paid and make money. I think that's how show business is now. Period. And a lot of I think a lot of older comics feel that the newer comics they should we should go through what they went through. We need to be putting that blood, sweat, and tears like they did. And mm-hmm. I try to tell some comics like it don't work like that no more. Like. Nobody cares about skills no more. They trying to fill seats, you know. Like you don't have to be like top of the line funny to get no show. All you gotta do, honestly, is bring probably like twenty people. You mm-hmm. got a spot on stage. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found that out. I went out to um like the the open mic over at Chatterbox in in West Covina, um, and that was a you know I, it's a great mic on Thursday nights. It's a great mic, and um, but I went my first time there, and I had like. I think I had like six or seven people come out to see me, right? Because they all knew like I was coming into town. They're like, oh, we got to go, you know, we'll go check it out. And there were friends of mine, you know, some family, some friends. They all came out and the owner was like, dude, you brought that many people? I was like, yeah. He's like, you got, you get two more minutes on the mic. I was like, oh, okay. You know, everybody else got three. He gave me five and I had prepared for three. So I had to like pull some stuff out, like, you know, 
to just because I was like, I'm not going to bail out on a given five minutes, you know, but I was like, okay, I got to get that one joke that, that seems to, that seems to always land. And, you know, and it, and it did, but um, it's one of those things where people, like you said, like, if you bring enough people, they're going to think, oh, you, you got following. And I, and I, and I think that's the thing that like, for me has kind of been the biggest struggle. Cause like, there's some places I've been trying to get booked at and they're like, well, well let me look at your social media. And I'm like, well, my social media, it's almost like when you go to apply for a job, it's like, give me your experience. You're like, well, you're my first job I've ever, how am I supposed to get experience if you won't give me experience? Um, And some of these clubs are like, well, how are you going to get, well, you don't have enough followers. Well, well, how am I going to get followers if you won't give me a chance to get on your stage other than an open mic? You know, like I've been doing open mics. I I know I have stuff that'll land. If you can just give me, give me 15 minutes and and I could guarantee And They're like, nah, because you don't, you only have 200 followers on TikTok. I'm like, so what? Like, you know what I mean, um, and it's like, and, it, and it's like, but for some reason, like this has been the, this is the new driving force of whether or not you're going to be booked in, in some of these bigger shows or bigger places is if you have a good following. And I'm like, man, this is, this is tough, you know? Yeah. That's how it'd be sometime, man. Like well, with me, I try to, you know, I've had a lot of, I, I still to this day get a lot of opportunities to do different venues and different clubs. So, my point is like if I'm getting blessed with it, then I feel it's my duty to bless somebody else with it, you know. Yeah. But you got comics sometimes, uh you like some comics are ungrateful. You know, I've helped I've met I helped out a lot of comics over the years and then and then I think after a while, like with some people, showbiz gets to their head sometimes. Yeah. And they get and they get real cocky and arrogant and they start acting like they better than you or they funnier than you and and it kind of discourages you sometimes to help want to help other comics because it makes you think like, am I going to have to deal with this again with the next mm-hmm. comedian? But that's not who I am. No, I always try to help whoever I can because you know, a lot of people help me. So it's my I feel it's my duty to always share the blessing back. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing with me too. Like I, you know, um, people who know me, like they know that like that's that's always been that's that's where my my drive is. Like I want to see other people succeed. Um, yeah, of course I want my, I want to succeed too, but I'm also like, you know what, if I know somebody who's going to be having a show, like my friend, um, you know, do you know Cody Cannon out of Morgantown? Uh, the name sounds familiar, but. Yeah. So, uh, he, he produces a red eye comedy out of Morgantown and, and, you know, he's, he's, he's going actually out to California. He's going to be a chatterbox on Sunday. And, you know, I have nothing to do with that show, but I'm like pushing it heavy for people to go out and see him in California because I want to see him, you know, I want to see him succeed. I want to see people uh, celebrate that. My friend, um, I mentioned his name on my podcast a couple times, Dan Desmond. He, um, he He's the one that hosts the uh, open mic up in Bridgeport tonight. And I'm like, dude, if I'm not, even if I'm not going to be there, I still want to pr- promote it. You know, like your stuff, like I still share it just because I, even, like, I'm not even near it. But I'm like, I want people to know that stuff's going on and I want to be, I want to be supporting it as much as possible. And I think that's where you and I share a very common uh, I think a common um, bond is we want to make sure that other people are lifted up, you know, cause we've been lifted up. We want other people to be lifted up too. It's like that's a part of the process. Exactly, man. I agree with that. Every, every time there's some comedy going on in Youngstown, like I either try to be there. Or I try to support it. Even if I'm not performing on it, I still try to go to kind of like support and network. Mm-hmm. The networking is where it's at. Like you never know who, who you're going to run into. And then somebody may, uh, May ask you, hey man, you want to do a couple minutes on on tonight's show, and that couple minutes can change your life, man. Yep, it's huge, it's huge. 
you never know who's in the crowd. You know, it could be a big time agent or a big club promoter. That's yeah. why I tell like upcoming comedians like you can uh, just network as much as possible. Networking is where it's at. Go to shows. Uh, definitely get on social media. Uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok is booming right now. So I try to tell some some people that, but everybody don't believe in the social media thing. I'm like, hey, it's free networking. Like, what can go wrong? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, while you have it, use it. You know? I mean, it's a it's yeah, it's a if it's free, you know, you got to use that stuff to your advantage, man. Right. So, um, what's the what is the weirdest place you've ever had to perform? That's a good question. Weirdest place? I know I've done a. Let's see the weirdest place. I've done so many spots. <laughs> I did a, a. You know, I did a swinger club one time. <laughs> I did a swing for a few. I think the, my first experience with that was kind of weird. I'm like, they really doing comedy at swinger clubs? And, uh, I would say that. It was another spot we did to uh, just recently. I did a private show at uh, this rock climbing place around the corner from me. It's called Ascend or something like that. Mm-hmm. Nice spot, but I'm like, I thought that was kind of weird too. Like. <laughs> They do. They do a comic here, a rock comic. Rock. <laughs> and when I uh, and we was on stage, it wasn't like an actual stage. It was like that little, uh, you know, that was that thing you step on. It's like a mat you step on, and like it feel like you about to fall through it. Yeah, yeah. It was like that. We was performing on this. <laughs> it was like I had, walk, I had to walk like a baby just to get to the mic because <laughs> I was there to get ready to fall over. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that was yeah, a, I, it. Was a great show. I've heard of people performing at laundromats, and I'm always like, I don't know how. I'd, I don't know if I'd be able to perform at a laundromat, man. It's like a, I mean, like people over there change, like folding their underwear, looking at you, trying to make them laugh while they're doing it. It's like I don't, I don't know, man. But I guess you gotta take friend. what you what you can get. I had a friend. He did a barber shop one time. It was weird too because. He originally asked me, and I was like, I was going to do it, but I was like, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. And then I watched it, and I'm like, you can't even hear the jokes because all you hear is in the background. You go to the joke, and then you just, well, today I was walking, right? Like, it was just like, I'm glad I didn't do it. I mean, you can do a show at a barbershop if it's closed and, you know, like people in there. And not people not getting their hair cut, but to do that while people are getting their hair cut is just like that was the strangest thing I ever saw. Well, I don't know if I'd want to be getting my hair cut while there's a comedy show going on either. Like, what if my barber starts laughing and loses control? You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have any hair anyway to be worrying about that. But, I, but if I did, I'm sure I'd be, I'd be nervous. It's, that is something to think about because I know I couldn't. Uh... Gonna be cutting hair, listening, and watching watching comedy. Neither. Yeah, that'd be that'd be difficult. Huh. I can't even watch comedy. Like usually, like sometimes I'll shave and I'll throw like some comedy on. I damn near nicked myself a few times laughing at <laughs> certain uh, standards. I'll be watching on YouTube. Who, so was- who are you watching? Who are you watching right now that you're like, man, this this guy, this guy's good. Uh, one last person I watched was 
uh, Corey Holcomb, he's pretty funny. I actually went to see him too at the Pittsburgh Improv. Oh yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, Corey Holcomb, he's yeah, he's hilarious. I like him, and I like uh, another comedian. I like I like Earthquake. Oh yeah, Earthquake is pretty funny. And uh, let's see, I like uh, what is his name? Carlos Miller. He's uh, he does like they he do the eighty five South show. Okay. Yeah, he's pretty funny too. I think he's uh, Carlos Miller and Ali Sadiq. I would say probably like they like two of the top mainstream comics like right now. I think one of them probably gonna end up getting Kevin Hart spot once Kevin Hart done. Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I definitely see one of them two taking it next. Hmm. That'll be that'll be some big shoes to fill. That's uh, yeah. But I guess metaphorically speaking, because Kevin Hart's shoes aren't too big, I think. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but see, he jokes about as I can too. I I wouldn't. I but I don't think he'll ever hear this podcast. I think I'm okay with it too. <laughs> <laughs> but, he was just uh out my way too. He was out in uh Canton, Ohio recently. A couple uh Canton is like an hour away from me. I haven't seen him on stage yet. I went to see uh I actually went to see Chappelle last year. Oh yeah. That's yeah, that guy. Out. Yeah, yeah. Chappelle's like the king right now. That dude that dude can say whatever he wants whenever he wants to. That guy incredible. He was pretty funny in person. I saw him. I saw. Uh, I saw Cat Williams last year. Now, how's Cat Williams? Like that guy. Like I mean, he, he seems like one of those uh, almost like an anomaly to me. You know what I mean? Like his his style of comedy is so different. Oh, he was pretty funny in person. I think, uh, and the people he brought with him were really funny too. Uh, he had the one guy on there on the show with him. The guy that was on the show was on that one show years ago, uh, Hang With Mr. Cooper. Oh, yeah. Mark Curry. Yeah, he was on the show. Mark Curry hmm. was hilarious. I actually thought Mark was Mark Curry was like the funniest one out of everybody. Cat was funny too, man, but Mark Curry was hysterical. Huh. He had a lot of open yeah, acts. They all were pretty good. Yeah, my uh, my wife and I were going to go see, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Fortune Feimster. But uh, we're gonna go see her this um, next weekend. Uh, she's That's over in a uh, uh, fortune, uh, fortune feaster. Um, she uh, she has a few Netflix specials. She's also been on um, the stand ups on uh, Netflix, and um, she has a lot of different stuff that she does. She was just in that show with Arnold Schwarzenegger that just came out on Netflix. Also, I uh, can't remember the name of it, but um uh, Fubar. Fubar. She's in that. And yeah, she's she's hilarious, dude. I mean, like she's just a funny, funny person. So we're looking forward to going to see her. We just saw Nate Bargazzi down in uh Charleston uh a couple months ago. And then um, you know, there's just a, a bunch of just different different times I can go. I mean, having having four kids uh makes it hard to be able to get out to shows often. But um, you know. Obviously, whenever I'm doing mine, of course, but like to go see other people, it's difficult sometimes. But I try to whenever I can. You definitely gotta get out, man. Get them date yeah. nights in there. Yeah, well, that's one of those things that she's like, she was, we were trying to get a babysitter for a night. She's like, oh man, but we just couldn't find one. So she's like, well, I'll just stay home and 
you go do your thing and then come home. <laughs> so, but it's always fun. So, so let me, okay. So we're getting ready to wrap up here, but so you produce your shows, you, you get the comics on, what would you tell any up and coming comics? Like people who are just either they've been going out for a little while or like, you know, years, year or less, what would you tell them to do uh, more of in order to, to, to hone their skills, to, to work on their craft? Uh, definitely write as much as you can. Uh, definitely study the craft. Never stop studying the craft either. Like I always study. Like I've always, uh, my way of studying is watching other great comics. Like I was meant, like we was mentioning earlier, prior Eddie. I still always watch the greats. So, and they say like when you study greats, you become greater. So that's something uh, I think an upcoming comedian can uh, take heed to. And uh. Yeah, don't stop networking either. Stay networking, stay writing. You know, you just, just gotta like truly uh, dedicate yourself to it. Whether it's turning the TV off, turning the video game off, putting your phone to the side. You know, that's uh that's my uh, opinion, not opinion, but that's uh, my theory on to any upcoming comedian. You know, that's serious, that that want to get serious about it. And also, uh, you know, get as much stage time as you can. Either uh, get in your own venues, too, like me and you do. That's yeah. always a good way. That's always a good way to be a sufficient comic, like, you know, like running venues. Yeah. That's a, that's another uh, best way to uh, to get skilled at what you do, too, like. That'll help you uh help you learn that it helps you learn about the comedy business more too. Now, okay, so I said I was gonna be wrapping up, but I think I need I needed I would have if you if you if you have a little bit more time. Um you brought up writing, um writing writing a lot. Um when you when you brought up writing, um what's your what is your writing style like? Like how often are you writing? What do you like what what is your like what is your writing writing like for comedy? It usually just comes to me like it ain't like, you know, I work two jobs outside of comedy. So it's like whenever uh, I get some free time, sometimes it's just uh topic just come up in my head. And if I'm able to, if I'm already sitting down, I'll just put, pull the notebook out right then and there and start writing. It's not something I admit I don't do every day, but I, I, I'm not able to, honestly, because uh, cause of my work schedule. But days when I ain't working, man, I'd be, uh, I'm constantly on uh I go to the notebook. So I guess I'm just kind of keeping keeping your ear and your eyes open and, and your mind open to whatever you have to and, and take advantage of the time to write what you can. So. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Uh, I, yeah. I think with most, including me, like I get like a, a topic in my head. I think of a joke in my head. And then I'll try to, uh, like I could just be at like, working or somewhere and it doesn't pop up in my head and then i try to write it down then i'll forget it <laughs> i think that's the worst <laughs> oh man i came I up with i came up i had a joke that came i i was uh <laughs> i was putting laundry away i was and i was like okay i gotta go write that down i walked down the steps went around the corner to go put the laundry basket and i was gonna go write it and i completely forgot it and i was so mad i was like what what how does that happen like how do i come up with something in my head and like in a in a three minute time, 
and lost it. And I was so, I was so mad. I was like, oh, killed me. Cause I felt like it was such a, it was a good, it was a good uh, setup and everything. But so. Yeah. That's how I'd be. Well, I think most comics go through that. That's why they say you should carry like a little notebook on you. But I still don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got Evernote on my phone. I have a whole, I have a, I have a whole list of different jokes to, to work that I'm working on. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot, but gotta keep ourselves going. I even write jokes. I work sometime I, uh, on my break. I'll write like a, you know, I work at, I'll take like some receipt paper and just like, just start scribbling down stuff. <laughs> yeah. Take advantage of the time and try not to lose it. So, well, awesome, man. Well, John, I appreciate your time, man. It was good having you on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me, man. We yeah, definitely, like uh, I- we definitely need the link, man. Get some shows going together. Yeah, definitely, man. I'll be, um, you know, like I said, we're going to be, uh, me and uh, Red T-Mac, we have our tour coming up. And then we wrap up. We're actually wrapping up in McConnellsville, Ohio, on October 27th at the Tri-City Opera House. Um, or is it Twin City? Twin City Opera House. I think I always want to call it Tri-City, but it's Twin City Opera House. Um, we're going to be there. That's where we're closing out the tour. But then once that's over, I'm going to be starting to um, working on booking uh, more shows and, and and doing some stuff like that. So uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely get connected that way. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll definitely uh, definitely look forward to working with you. I'll even get you down here too at Youngstown. Yeah, man, I'd love to make that work. Now, John, where can people find you? Like, if they want to if they want to look you up, like, is there a website? Is there you know, fate? What's your social media handles? All that stuff. Oh, they can look me up on Facebook, John Huff. I have actually uh, at four Facebook pages. Uh, three are for John, three say John Huff. And then there's I have another one, comedian Jay Huff, and I'm also on Instagram as John Huff thirty five, and I have another Instagram account, uh, comedian Jay Huff, and I'm also on TikTok, comedian Jay Huff. So they can uh, they can follow me on there if they can. Well, those links will be in my show notes, and uh, people can connect with you that way. That'd be awesome. All right, man. Well, again, hey, thanks, thanks for joining me, and uh, we'll we'll connect soon. Well, appreciate you. All right, hear me.